Rocio, and I am first-generation Dominican. Hi, I'm Mercedes, and I was born in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. And we are Amplifying the Afro in Afro-Dominican! Rocio. Hey, Mercedes. How are ya? You know, I'm I'm pretty fantastic today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. That's great. So guess what? What? We have fans in Germany. No yeah. way. Yeah. How cool is that? We're international, right? Yeah. That's so Same. awesome. So shout out to our listeners. And there's someone in Asia. No. Too. Yeah. Are Shout you- out to Buzzsprout because you can kind of see where people are and That's you can see so like where cool. they are. So like I was just looking and they have people like somebody from Asia and people in Europe. And I have a friend in Germany. So for sure, I know my friend in Germany. Oh, my God. Is like, well, that's tight. Yeah. So anyway, so I was talking to her, right? Because she's uh-huh. Dominican. And oh. shout out to my friend from Germany. Okay. And her man is uh, German. Right. And she's Dominican. That makes sense. Yeah. And they have um, two lovely babies. Mm-hmm. And we were having this whole conversation because, you know, dope story. Make a long story short. She found this dope guy well, during her travels. She ended up moving to Germany and he got married and had two great boys. But they, she's Dominican. He's German. Yeah. They have these two babies. Yeah. And I was asking her, like. So do your kids speak Spanish? Yeah. Right? Because they, they speak German. Yeah. Because dad's German. And they speak English. Mm. And in the house, they mostly speak English. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So then I was asking her, like, it made me think about our podcast and just think about language, right? Yeah. And, like, I was asking her, do you feel, she said, I was like, well, did you, do they speak Spanish and why not if they don't? And she was like, well, no, they don't because she feels like Spanish is the language of the conqueror oh that's so interesting and she doesn't really want she kind of struggles with this whole language and passing on the language of our is it conqueror colonizer colonizer colonizer, colonizer. Yeah. the I language of meant. our yeah okay yeah. the language of our colonizer interesting so but then i was thinking because you don't speak spanish right yeah it, my spanish is pretty poor yeah my spanish is because my mom taught me like it's not like legit profesh Spanish. Yes, yes. It's just like survival Spanish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I was thinking like, what happens when, like, let's say you have a baby, right? Mm -hmm. You're not, they may or may not speak Spanish, right? I'm going to pretty much immerse them in Spanish. You are. Yeah, because... I, I totally understand your friend's point and I think it's actually very, very interesting and I can't wait to yeah. dive into that more. But like if I'm going to raise a child in the United States where English will be the language at some point, I'd rather immerse them in Spanish and then like speak Spanish as long as they can because eventually they're going to have to learn English because they yeah. also live in an English speaking country. But no matter what, I want my future children to be multilingual yeah like i don't want it's really unfortunate that i think um it's really unfortunate that i don't speak better spanish and i wish i do and i and and i intend on on planning on learning more and better and you know all that stuff Mm -hmm. but um i think the more languages you know just the better and spanish is more spoken than english the English language yeah, in the world. Like, and, I think it's like the second most spoken language in the world. Oh, wow. Is Spanish. I think first is like Cantonese or something. And but then, then I was thinking, what if like, let's say you decided that because like my, you know, I have like my family and stuff and like, you know, what my brother and his sister-in-law, it's and my sister-in-law, it's hard for them. Sometimes they just used to speaking English to their yeah, kids. Yeah. And then, but what happens, do you think language is attached to culture? For, for instance, like, let's say you decided okay, I'm just going to talk to my kids in English. I feel like in the future generations, what's going to happen? Because, you know, most of us speak English now and you have to make a conscious choice to speak to your children in Spanish. Mm -hmm. But let's say people that just don't have their kids learn the language, part part of the culture gets lost. Do you think that part of the culture gets lost the more and more generations just that don't speak Spanish? Yeah, I think some of the culture does get lost. I do. Um... 
It's interesting, right? It's really interesting because I totally understand the point of like that is the language of the colonizer. But so is English, technically. You know what I mean? And like we speak English. And what if like your grandparents or the grandma only speaks Spanish? So then the child can't communicate with the grandparents. Like, do you think, why do you think? You didn't learn the language because your mom speaks Spanish, right? And your mom's like yeah, super and, Dominican. Like, yeah, did you yeah. grow? You grew up with the culture and stuff. Yeah, I grew up with the culture. I think there's multiple. There's multiple leaders on why I don't speak Spanish. One is um, because eventually my mom was a single mom. I was alone a lot and oh. like with babysitters or, you know, with my cousins, and so I wasn't around like the adults speaking speak Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. Um. So I lost it very. I think. Quickly, because I did grow up. I remember being like six or seven and speaking pretty decent Spanish. Um, but I think I lost it be- because of, of, of that trait of not having like two parents speaking Spanish all the time at home. Um, also, my father also lost the language. His oh. Both of his parents died when he was very young. So oh, um, interesting. He um, and and he was in the United States a little bit earlier. I think he was like eight or nine. So he lost the Spanish language too pretty quickly. Even you know, I, I, I rarely remember my father speaking Spanish. And also, uh, uh to be frank, when I, I got a little bit older and I would try speaking Spanish, I was ma- made fun of a lot by family members. Oh. Yeah. There so, is a lot of like language shame. Yeah. There was there was like kind of aunts and older cousins oh. who would be like, Oh, mira, como una gringa, you know, and they would like make fun of me or or, or my grammar and pronunciation. And I don't think they meant it harshly or mainly, but that's how I took it at the time. So I then resisted because I was like, well, if I sound stupid, why should I continue speaking Spanish? Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So it's very multi-layered why I didn't continue. But now as an adult, I I am speaking it more. And like, I take classes online and stuff. Yeah. I was thinking of taking classes because like my mm-hmm. Spanish is just like I was saying, it's just like survival Spanish. Right. Yeah. And also there's a difference. Like, did you learn Spanish? Like I learned Spanish from what was being said at home. Yeah. Right. But my mom, you know what? She has like an eighth grade education. So I wasn't being <laughs> taught. No, I'm saying like I wasn't being taught like, you know, to read. Yeah. Like my, yeah. my, my, one of my close friends, her dad was like very diligent on them reading Spanish at home oh, and see. like them reading books at home in Spanish yes, and course. the newspaper every day. So her vocabulary is way more, you know, I mean, larger than my vocabulary yeah, when I it comes to Spanish. Yeah, I see what you mean. You know, but then I kind of feel like. I didn't master any of the two languages. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my Spanish is okay. My English is okay. You know, yeah, that's so I'm true. just like, it's so interesting, this whole language dynamic. And yeah. like, yeah. I didn't, I, it, it caught me by surprise when my friend was saying that she struggles with, you know, teaching her kids the language because it is the colonizer language. And I was like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I never thought of it that and way that's, either. I mean, whatever, you know, whatever yeah. rocks your boat. Yeah. But then I was just playing, I don't like to say devil's advocate, but, you know, the other side mm-hmm. of like, well, I, part of me does feel like something gets lost if yeah. you don't pass on the language. Yeah, Like yeah, it's a totally. conscious effort yeah. to pass on the language. Yeah. Because we're so used to speaking English all the time. And like we learn in our history episode from Anthony Stevens Acevedo, the Dominican Spanish specifically was like a kind of developed Spanish by yeah. the African um people who who mixed with the population it, it became its own kind of dialect like that like dominican spanish is very specific yes it is do you know what i mean so i totally understand i i totally understand where your friend is coming from it is the colonizer's language but what a nice little like silver nine like a silver lining is that we like took it and made it ours if yeah. that makes sense but then there's the other side of it. Like, I mean, I'm sure for you, when we go to auditions, mm-hmm. you know, they want us to speak the Spaniard non-accent Spanish. Yeah. Like, I I can't speak the way I speak, you know, my yeah. language yeah. in an audition for a Spanish-speaking role. They want it to be just basic, like, I guess, Spanish, like from Spain, yeah. you know, dialect and and. So then that's the, that's the whole other thing. Yeah, that's you know? a whole other thing. Well, hopefully that'll change soon, too, yeah. because people are learning that, like, there's more than one 
Hispanic and Latinx person. And then like all of our dialects are different, you know? Like, yeah. It's a little unfair to just be like, we want the European style Spanish. Like, Yeah. But it's guys. interesting. I mean, I'm glad you're taking online. I was thinking about taking classes too, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's different learning Spanish in school where it's like for people who have no knowledge, who have no knowledge of Spanish at all, yeah. as opposed to those of us who did speak Spanish at home. But, you know, we didn't study Spanish the way we study English. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting. Anyway, yeah, I just wanted really- to know that. Oh, my God. That was such a great conversation, <laughs> though. Yeah. 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 Language cool. is really cool. It's, <laughs> it's is not great. a great segue, but I it's mean, not a great segue. It, to it has nothing episode. to do with our episode yeah. whatsoever. But, you know, that's OK. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, what are you going to do? Pelo. Pelo malo. <laughs> Which, that term is just, oh my gosh. It's the worst, that term. But, uh, um, well, today is actually going to be about hair. Yeah. <laughs> when we were getting ready to do this episode today, I kept thinking about the documentary that Chris Rock did. Oh, um, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. I think it was in like 2009. What was it called? Good hair. Good hair, yeah. Um, I remember seeing that and being like, wow, this is such a great film, like documentary. And I really hope the brown and black community like watches this and sees what they're doing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he has that scientist who talks about the hair relaxer. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. So listeners, if you haven't seen it, I'm blowing up the spot. Um. Basically, Chris Rock takes something called a relaxer, which makes kinky hair straight. And it's a chemical and it smells really bad and it's white. And this dude like tested out this random scientist who has no idea what this thing is for. Mm-hmm. And the scientist is like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever like wow. the chemicals in it. Yeah. And Chris Rock is like, would you put this in your hair or recommend anyone put this in in, in their hair and the doctor's like I wouldn't put this near anything on my body ever <laughs> well you know um, years ago I was doing research uh-huh. on hair and quick fact that I saw that I found is that they I, I don't know if you've heard they connected relaxers to fibroids oh yeah I did and then hear that why is it that so many women of color have fibroids mm. because how many of us were getting their hair permed for since we were like babies yeah so there's a weird connection between the chemicals in the hair relaxer and yeah. something with fibroids. Isn't yeah. that crazy? That's so crazy. That's terrible. And that's just one of the effects that we know, right? Yeah. Besides just, the burning of the hair, your scalp, yeah. Yeah. you feeling like shit, yeah. you know, because <laughs> you have to sit there and get your hair burned and raise your hand <laughs> if it's burning. But then you have to, you know, what's interesting, that moment where you're deciding, do I take a little bit longer? Yeah. So I can get a little straighter? Yeah. Or do I, is it really time to go? Yes. And then you have that like picture where you're like imagining yourself bald. You know, like if I wait a little longer, can I take it? And how far is that walk to the sink? Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. (laughs) So much trauma with that. Girl. We're going to get it in. What's exciting about this episode though is that I know we're going to have more hair episodes because it's such a big deal. But... Let's talk to you about our amazing oh my gosh. guest today. Yeah, she's so dope. Oh my God. Yesenia, the texturologist. Yes. She is so dope. So she has been working in the hair industry for 20 years. And for more than half of those 20 years, she has found a way to help women discover and maintain their naturally curly, coily, and kinky hair. Yes, she has. And she provides, most importantly, a safe space. Listening to each client's story, she shares her hair education, she offers services, hair, all different types of services, and she, most importantly, is helping to dismantle the false beliefs. And that's true because I've actually been in her chair and I can vouch for that. Yeah. And, you know, most importantly, she helps with the tools to continue women like us with their natural, healthy, beautiful hair journey. Yes. I cannot wait to talk to her. Me too. I'm so excited. You guys are in for a treat. Yeah. But let's get her. Let's get her. Yay. (laughs) We're going to jump into this podcast interview. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I 
wanted to tell you, Yesenia, we were on a, an amazing panel for college. Oh, yeah. Um, University of District Columbia. Shout out to their Afro-Latino group. And we were telling them that we were going to interview you and how excited we were to talk about hair because mm-hmm. hair is such an issue and such a topic in the Dominican community. And it was just so dope to be able to talk about that and how hair connects to self-identity and all of that stuff and our self-esteem as well. And there was this such a cute college student who was saying, oh, my God, I just went natural. And she was yeah. 20. And she was like, I'm so excited that you guys are talking about this topic. So I'm so happy that you're here joining with us and you're a fellow Dominicana. So, you know, the journey. Um, So we would love to get into it and talk about it. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, here's a big thing, you know, for women, especially like Dominican women, Mm -hmm. women of color, because a lot of the time, you know, like hair is part of our identity. And, you know, we... We, uh, growing up, we think that straight hair is beautiful and we think that that's the only way to go. And, you know, like our parents tell us, oh, y tu pelo se ve, tú no te vas a peinar. You yeah. know? Yes. So, so you, all of that kind of sits with you and yeah. you think like, oh, I don't, I don't feel beautiful with my hair any other way. Or you can't even envision yourself with your hair any other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like where I come in is I help women kind of dismantle those false beliefs, mm. you know? Cause yeah. I still have some, even though it's 2020, I still have some clients like newer clients where they're like, no, I, I can't wear my hair curly. I'm like, but yes, you can. You yeah. have a beautiful curl pattern, but they just need someone to guide them. They need someone to walk them step by step. Because mm-hmm. what I realize is that like when women don't really know what to do with their hair, they just can't picture themselves with it like any other way, you know, yeah. like, when they don't know what to do with it or like. Really, it's dismantling those false beliefs, honestly. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, That's for a sure. huge one. Yeah. And how was your journey? How did you get to Ooh. that space? So, you know, honestly, like, I've been natural for most of my life. Oh. I used to get it relaxed when I was younger. Okay. So probably, because I, I was thinking about this, I was like, when did I start getting a relaxer? Yeah. I was maybe, like, eight years old. Yeah. And then I stopped, like, at around the age of 12, because I liked playing with my hair. And I realized, like, I can't do anything with my hair when it's so, like, straight. So I asked my mom if I could stop relaxing it. And then from that point on, I was wearing it curly. But then as I got older and I wanted to get into the salon world, Mm. I didn't feel comfortable wearing my hair curly. Because I felt like... I felt like, how can I have my hair curly? They're going to think I don't know how to do my hair. It's unruly. But these were my own personal things. It's not like anyone said that to me. Yeah, of course. And then I felt like I had to straighten it in order to fit in and to look professional and to look like a hairstylist. So then I started straightening it and then I got heat damage. This was like around 2008 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then... And then one day, because I was an assistant at a salon, and then one day I was like, you know, I'm just tired of wearing my hair straight all the time. Like, it's not me. I didn't feel comfortable with it because before that I was wearing it curly. Yeah. And then one day I decided to go in with my hair curly and I was so nervous. I was scared. I didn't know what they were going to say. And they were just like, oh, my God, your hair is amazing. Why have you been wearing your hair like this? Yeah. And then that, from that point on, I stopped straightening my hair Mm. and then I just started wearing it curly again. Well, it's just like you were saying, it's like those, that messaging that we get, Mm -hmm. you know, that makes us think, oh no, we need to look this type of way for people to take us seriously, for people to like, listen to me or, you know, whatever it is, it's just like crazy, frankly, white supremacist programming that has been implanted in our heads to think we have to be a certain way to to be professional or take it seriously and it's yeah it it still baffles me that like me and so many people you know because I'm guilty too I totally was like no I need to wear my hair straight you Mm -hmm. know what I mean I I I was a hundred percent on that bandwagon for you know until I was like maybe 16 or something but even then I would just braid it because no one taught me also to love my hair either 
So it was like either I straighten it or have put it in this like situation where I don't have to deal with it because it's hard to deal with. You know what I mean? No one even was like, hey, this is how you take care of your hair if it's curly. No one in my family knew how to take care of my natural hair. You know? (laughs) Yeah. This is how you take care of it. And and your hair is so beautiful. Yeah. Let me let me show you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. We we didn't have that. Yeah. Especially, you know, like in the Dominican culture, like you don't you didn't have that. It's like, okay, let's do a roller set, let's blow it out, let's make it as straight as possible. Yeah. And and then you look beautiful. And then you can go get that job. And then you can find a husband. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's dope that your family was supportive of you going natural. You know what I mean? Because many of us that was not our case, you know. (sighs) And um like I went natural in my twenties as well. And most people I know, they were just getting a relaxer every three months, you know. Um, so I think that's amazing that your family was supportive. So you didn't really have any like crazy salon traumatic experiences. No. So I really didn't. It's interesting that I'm in the hair world, but growing up, I didn't really go to salons. Oh, I, so I don't really you. know that experience, oh, but oh. I did go to the lady in the neighborhood. You know, you know how there's oh, a lady yeah. in the neighborhood yes. and you go to her house. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't really go to salons, but because I didn't really go to salons growing up, I realized that as I got older, I did not feel comfortable going to salons because I, I didn't trust that mm. they would understand my hair. So this is where, cause I realized like, wow, like with my clients, I feel like I really understand them, but I realized that when a client with curly hair comes into the salon, you know, Dominican or, um, like it's scary. Is this hairstylist going to understand my hair? Are they going to understand my story, my journey? Yeah. And I get it because I also had that fear, you know, like, and that's why I didn't really go to salons because I didn't trust anyone. Yeah. So I understand the struggle because I've had my own personal hair struggles and trust issues with, with stylists. I remember uh, the first time when I worked in a salon and, and one of the stylists was saying, Oh, let me do your hair. Let me do your hair. And I was like, <gasps> I was so scared, you know, cause I didn't really trust anyone. Yeah. That's a big thing. I have a lot of women mm. who don't really trust stylists. Yeah. And I will say for someone who has been, had the pleasure of being in your chair, um, many times I will say that I do remember the very first time when I sat in your chair and I remember the consultation that you gave me about my hair and yeah, I've, I've never had an experience like that, you know, before then where someone actually cared about my hair journey. And I remember you always ask, how do you want to style it? Like in most Dominican salons, they tell you how to style yeah, your hair. They tell you They're what not to do. asking you what you want to do with it. Yeah. And I mean, Rocio, yeah. it's definitely an experience to be in her chair. Yeah. I can't wait. I know the trick now. I, I mean, know the trick. <laughs> your Yesenia, your gentleness and the respect that you have for our crowns. You know, we need more of that. And I tell everybody about your space because and that's why it's so crowded all the time, because mm-hmm. we it's the complete opposite of the experiences that we both had. Yeah. You know, growing up in a salon. Because let me tell you, my experience was not good. Like I was forced <laughs> yeah. on that chair, too. I was like seven. I had no say. And just yeah. like, you know, actually, Mercedes just forwarded me this video on IG about this young girl who just let her hair burn because she thought that's what she had to do. And that was me. And I liked I started crying when I was watching that because I allowed to be in this painful situation because I thought it was the right thing to do. And I'm, you know, I'm only seven, eight years old. Like, of course, I'm not going to tell you it's painful because I, I'm sitting here thinking this is what I have to do to be beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and like going home and like just touching my scalp and there being blood there and like freaking out that, you know what I mean? And, and just like remembering Scabs. all that that trauma that's traumatic. I mean, yeah. you know, it you're and in- it sits with you. It stays with you. Yes. It does. It stays yeah. with you. And you really have to do the work to release that. I know a lot of people think like, oh, it's just hair. And I used to think like that, you yeah. know, like, oh, it's just hair. 
but it's not. Yeah. It's not just hair. It's way deeper than that. It's mm-hmm. so much to it, you know? But I think that a lot of people, because when it comes to hair, we think of hair as just a hairstyle, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I'm just going to make my hair look cute. But there's so much more to it. And for a lot of women, there is a lot of trauma associated with hair and like, it's just so, there's so many layers to it. Yeah, so right. like when, a when, when a woman sits in my chair, it's like, we're really starting to peel away at the layers of all of that. And then it's like, I'm helping them instill like, like new beliefs and really yeah. like helping to empower them. Cause that's really important. It's not only about, let me teach you how to do your hair. Like, let me just remind you, you're so beautiful with your hair yeah. curly and you can wear it straight if you want yeah. to, but yeah. don't wear it straight because you just think you look beautiful in that way. You yeah. Know? yeah. Exactly. And also like so, a healthy way to wear your hair straight, because if yeah. you go get your hair blown out at some of these Dominican salons, you're never going to see a curl pattern ever again. I know. <laughs> you know what Every I mean? Every time I ask a client, like a new client that comes in, like, oh, so like, where, where did you go for your blowout? Cause they might have heat damage. And then they always say the Dominican salon. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> like, oops. like they will give you a beautiful blowout that'll last a long time. Yes. But yeah, you, you might get heat damage, yeah. you know? Yeah. Exactly. And I don't want to say that all the Dominican blowouts. Of course. No, no, some. no. Cause that's of not course. true. No, of course. It just depends. You know, it just depends on who you find and who's doing your hair and if they'll work with you. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. sometimes in the Dominican salons, when they see all this big hair, some women get overwhelmed, like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, and then you're getting a roller set, then they're blow drying, then they're flat ironing. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot. And then also I've heard stories about how some and I'm sure some, I'm sure you guys have heard of, about this, too, but how they're using relaxer with the conditioner. Oh, and they're no. not like seeing anything. <gasps> Have you guys what? heard of that? No, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I've oh. had some clients where they, that happened to them. Wow. And I'm not trying to say anything bad, you know, about Dominican salons. I'm not trying to say anything bad. It's just, you know, sometimes like when you don't really know how to manipulate curly hair really yeah. well. Sometimes we kind of do the old things or things that are just easier that are not the best, you know? Yeah. I feel like what you're saying is just like something of habit. And instead of learning new things and progressing forward, they're just like, let's like maneuver this to keep it the same as opposed to like evolving to something else. That's yeah. what it sounds like to me, which is, you know, really too bad. Um, yeah. Things are changing which I appreciate, but it's what well, we do have to admit and recognize the things that are going on. So more change could happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of understand now why you're like, now that we're speaking, like the, we were going to ask you about, you know, this title of the texturologist and I, I'm kind of understanding why that <laughs> is now, but can you explain That's how funny, that yeah. came about and like how this title you invented um, came about? Yeah. Yeah. So I came up with that title in 2017 because I felt like it doesn't feel like I'm just a hairstylist. Like it feels like what I'm doing is more than that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm dealing with texture and curls and it's like I'm studying hair and curls and texture. And then I was like, texture and ologist, which ologist means study of. And I was like, texturologist okay I like that and then I just stuck stuck with it yeah why do you think I mean it's it's so interesting because you're kind of like I don't even know the right word dismantling or like you know we here we are talking about Dominican salons and you are a Dominican hairstylist who's doing the opposite right the whole thing with texture so many of us are attached to texture right and um what is it curl pattern you know, this whole 4B world, 4A, oh, I'm 4, I'm 3C, my curl is better than yours and all of this crap. But can you explain this whole curl pattern thing and connecting it to the texture? And like, I have different textures, like the top of my hair curls are different from the bottom of my hair. How do Same. we take care of it? Yeah. And what does that really mean? So, OK, so you have texture, 
which is like the diameter of your hair. So you, it might be fine, medium, coarse, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have your curl pattern, which is, you know, like curly, coily, kinky, uh, wavy. So in order to, like, we all have different curl patterns and textures on one head, right? Mm-hmm. And all of these different curl patterns and textures are all beautiful. So a lot of the time when women are talking to me about their hair, they're like, oh, well, what's my hair type? Is it 4A? Is it 3? Is it?" And I don't like using that because I feel like it puts hair in a box. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot of the time too, like some women, because then there's texturism, you know, because then some women feel like, oh, well, I'm a 3A, or some women might feel like, oh, I'm a 3A, and they might not really love their hair because they feel like they're in in the fours or something. Mm -hmm. So I don't really use that uh, spectrum to describe hair. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever your curl type is, whether it's curl, wavy, curly, kinky, wavy, what did I say? (laughs) Wavy, (laughs) curly, coily, kinky, whichever one it is, it is beautiful. And we have different curl types on our head Mm -hmm. some women feel like oh my god something's wrong with my hair because it's looser here or is it's coarser here or kinkier here like that's normal that's normal it just means that maybe you just have to customize your hair care routine to make sense for the different textures and curl patterns that you that you have but there's nothing wrong with your hair if you have different curl types and different textures And what advice do you have to women that are still because, I mean, I had a friend recently say, oh, I don't know if if my hair was this this texture, then I would feel more comfortable going natural. Like what advice do you have to women that are still feeling like they don't like their pattern or they don't feel that it looks like presentable to be natural? Yeah, that's a big one. So my advice to them is that. I would start looking at women who have a similar texture to them and start looking at all all the different women with those different textures, because sometimes we need examples of what our hair actually does to feel motivated, to feel like, oh, wow, she looks beautiful with it. Okay, maybe I can make it work. You know, maybe I can feel beautiful with it. But honestly, a big one is find a shape that makes sense for your hair type and curl type. Mm. So important because if you don't have the right shape, it's still not going to feel right. Yeah. You know, it's still, you're still going to feel like, Oh, I don't like my hair. And all, you, you also have to detach the idea that, Oh, I want my hair to look like this. The, you have to be realistic. It's like, it's not going to look like that naturally. Maybe you can manipulate it to make it look like that, but you have to just accept the fact like, okay, this is what my hair does. It shrinks a lot. It wants to get really big. I have a smaller coil, you know, and you know what? I love it. You just have to start embracing it. It really is a mind thing, but also the healthier your hair is, you will begin to appreciate and love your hair even more. So really having a hair care regimen that makes sense. So a hair care regimen and a shape. Yeah. That's a game changer. Mm -hmm. And what this is reminding me, I I hate to blow up one of my sister's spots, but I was teasing her one day and I was like, girl, you should have your hair all natural. You know what I mean? I, I'm just teasing her. But she was just like, Bet, I don't got time for that. I don't have time. Like her thing, you know, she was just like, I don't have time for that. So I would love to hear your opinion on like, if I hear that again from anyone, what I could say To the women out there who supposedly think they don't have time to like nurture a part of themselves. Frankly, it's nurturing a part of yourself, right? Yeah. Like it's just like going to the spa and getting that massage, you know what I mean? And taking care of your body or like working out even. I feel like it's the same thing with hair. It's like you're taking care. It's like a self-care thing. Mm -hmm. So what can I tell that person who is not my sister that... I hear women say that all the time, like, oh, I don't have time to do that. I, you know, like I work late till late, I have children. And I definitely understand that. The truth is like going natural is a whole different world. So you have to understand that it's not going to be 
like you're going to the salon, you get a blowout and you do your hair every week. It's not like that. You know, you have to, it's a commitment. You have to take the time to really do your hair. And it's something where you have to just kind of do it. You know, you have to really just take the time. And for some women, if you have a lot of hair, it's going to take longer. It's going to take a little more time, especially like if it's new for you, then, you know, like you're learning how to, okay, you're learning like, okay, well, does this product work? Am I supposed to apply it like this? So you just have to be patient with the process and know that maybe in the beginning, it is going to take a little longer. But once you get the hang of it and you have a system that works, then it becomes easier. It becomes faster. But at the end of the day, it is going to take time. And you just have to, you know, it's like when you take a shower, you take time to take a shower. So, you know, you would take time to do your hair and you're doing it yourself. So, you know, it, it is going to take time. It's different. Yeah. Because when you go to the salon, you get your hair done and that's it. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it takes time. And what can we tell these moms out there, not in a loving, non-judgmental way, who's like, oh my God, my daughter or my son has some, you know, crazy unmanageable hair and they're tempted to take their kid to a salon to get it relaxed. What can we possibly tell them in a loving, non-judgmental way to prevent them possibly from making that decision? So I think that they need to think about how this is affecting the child's um, image, you know, number one. And relaxers are not healthy. They're not healthy. So also thinking about that, but most importantly, thinking about how it's going to affect the child's image. And as the child gets older, you know, it's kind of like taking away something that is beautiful about them. And it's like, okay, this is not, you know, like this is difficult. So let me put this in here to make it easier. It's like you're telling the child without you realizing Oh, your hair is difficult. Let me put this in your hair to make it easier. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would really think about that. Um, I d- I probably I would not do it. Yeah, I, would just, <laughs> <laughs> I just wouldn't do it. You know, I feel like it's a new time. There's so much information out yeah, there. Seriously, you know, I, I would just learn how to just take care of the the child's hair because whatever you're doing to that child's hair, that's what they're learning. You know, so if you're teaching them, okay, we need to put a relaxer in your hair, they're learning that they have to put a relaxer in their hair for for, uh, the rest of their life until they decide, wait a second, I'm beautiful regardless. I don't need this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do a relaxer. I feel like that's taking away that, that's just taking away the child's choice of like how they want to look, you know, and it's hard transitioning as an adult, you know, when you decide, I don't want to do this anymore. It's, it's hard transitioning. Yeah, definitely. Do I big chop? Do I let it grow out and deal with the two different textures? Yeah. And then you got to deal with that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So So I wouldn't, I would not relax. Yeah. Um, so we always ask our, our guests this one question, how do you identify these days? So I feel like I, it's like I'm black, you know, mm-hmm. I've never felt myself separated from like, you know, the black culture, black people. I felt like we're, we're connected, you know, mm-hmm. like we're, we're the same. And also I recently did a 23andMe oh, DNA. Oh, so cool. <laughs> and I just got the results like yesterday. Awesome. Two days ago. And it said I was like 49% African. Yes. Yeah. And then like 48% European. And then the other percent was like Native American. And I was like, oh, I love this. You know, like I'm black. I'm not separated. <laughs> like, but you know what? Like recently someone told me that some Dominicans fill in the white box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I was yes. like, really? Yeah. 
I thought that was so interesting. Yeah, I think that's interesting, but, too, because I'm pretty sure anybody walking down the block, walking past <laughs> any of us is not going to be like their wife. <laughs> yeah. Or some people would look I at. I thought that was so interesting. And I was like so surprised that I didn't know that. Yeah. But, you know, everyone is different. Everyone's I different. I feel yeah. like I'm a I'm a black woman. Well, I feel like I'm a human being first. Yes. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, I'm a black woman. You yeah. Know? yeah. I'm Dominican. Yeah. Yeah. We get, we get all sorts of answers to that. (laughs) Which is really cool, which I think it's cool. You know, I I like, I like that, you know, that we get a bunch of different answers Yeah, because we, we just had a guest who was an historian and basically told us that Dominicans may possibly be one of the most mixed race societies that exist. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a possibility. Um, and he thinks that, like, if just an anthropologist will just hang out there for some times, that they would discover Dominicans have the most mixed wow. racial thing. And but but starting from African descent and African heritage, yeah, um, which I thought was really cool. So that's another reason why I love that we asked this question, because, yeah, we always get a different answer and it's always cool. We always embrace it. And, you know, that's that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, though, I can definitely see that because like in. Like in Dominican Republic, we all look so different. Yes. We all look so different. Like in my family, it's like, it's all different shades, Mm -hmm. all different, like, you know, like hair, everything. It's, it's everything. So I could definitely see how we're a big mixture of so many different things. Yeah. Do you get a lot of Dominicans in your chair these days? Like... I feel like lately I have been. Okay. I feel like lately I have been. Yeah. That's dope. I I feel like, and it feels really good. You know, it Mm -hmm. feels really good to be able to service like Dominican clients and they feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, It feels really good. Yeah. That's really cool. What are your favorite three things about Dominican culture? Ooh, definitely the food. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely the food, Mm -hmm. the music. And the dancing, like, I feel like every time I get together with my family, it's like we're always having a good time. It could just be two of us. And it's like we're dancing, having a good time. Yeah. And like if we're celebrating something and it's just like a regular day. (laughs) What's your favorite food dish? Because we had some listeners, they want to know more about the food and what that entails. Uh, I love pastelitos. Ooh. I love pastelitos. Oh my gosh. Like I have my sister make them all the time. Oh, yeah. And those are like for our listeners, those are like empanadas type. Yeah, but, you know, style. but Dominican style. Dominican style, style empanadas. So good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, cool. I love that. Thank and you. How do you amplify the Afro in Afro-Dominican? So I amplify it by just celebrating who I am, celebrating my hair, what I look like, by also supporting mm-hmm. other Afro-Dominicans and pe- other women of color. So important. Mm-hmm. Yes. So important. Yes. yes. Very much so. Yeah. Well, thank you. I kind of, sorry, just because we have a little bit of extra time. We were just curious. You were talking about um, those students you were talking to at the University of D.C. mentioned the Crown Act. Um, oh, yeah. Which just happened in New York recently. Um, and I remember, of course, I'm arguing with this white guy for some reason about that. <laughs> so it got passed in New York as well? Yeah, it got passed okay, in New York. And it was recently. Yeah. It was like, I think it was in March, like right before Corona was a big deal here of, of 2020. Um, and I was trying to explain to this dude, I'm like, you don't understand. People literally are getting fired because they're just like, you know, washing their hair and going to work, literally. And yeah. it sucks. I think his argument was like, how do you let the government be involved in something like that was one. And the second point, which is actually a pretty good point, is two, would you, why would you want to work for a company like that anyway? But I'm just kind of like, that company shouldn't be fucking racist in the first place. Yeah, true. <laughs> the thing about hair is mm-hmm. that hair, it is a tie to race, you know? Yeah. So it... Even though it's about hair, the Crown Act, it, it's deeper than that when you start looking into it. Because the thing is that 
because hair has been attached to race, a lot of the time people are discriminating, you know, oh, you can't wear your hair like that. You know, why do you have braids? Why do you have locks? And these are all hairstyles that are attached to like black culture, Dominican culture, you know, or like, you know, like cultures of color, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, you discriminating against hair has been around for a long time Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't like, maybe you do want to work at that job and maybe you don't want to leave there, but like maybe the people there are the ones that need to make an adjustment, you know, like why why do you have to leave? Like maybe you don't want to leave that job. So the crown act, I feel like there's still a few States that haven't jumped on board, but what? Because I have been asking my clients, like, how do you feel about the crown act? Do you feel like more comfortable now wearing your hair curly or natural, going to work with your hair in braids? And or when people were doing that before, because everyone's like at home now. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, and some of them said, I don't I don't I still don't really feel too comfortable. Mm. I, do, I still don't feel too comfortable. So I don't know. I feel like it's something that is going to take time. Yeah. Because I think you can get fined if you're discriminating against someone's hair. But I don't know. It's amazing that they did it, though, because now it's like, no, you can't do that. You can't discriminate against someone because of their hair. You can't not give someone a job because of their hair. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I work in corporate America, so I see it all, you know, when it comes to hair and yeah. Um, you know, it takes time. It took me, I was telling the the students at the panel that it took me time to be able to go with my natural hair, especially in interviews. It's so go-to to blow out your hair for the interview, you know, yeah. so that you look quote unquote professional, but, you know, checking in with yourself and knowing, you know what, I'm professional with my hair natural too, you know? Yeah. You're the that same person. Is, yeah. Um, but I also wanted to talk to you about because I was thinking about this uh, when it comes to hairstylists. Right. And, and and our Dominican salons that we grew up seeing. The great thing about it is it's also entrepreneurship. Yeah, and, you true. know, shout out to you, you yeah, know, for, real. for being an entrepreneur. So what advice do you have to those um, on this journey? Because I think it's it's dope that, you know, our people, that's one thing you can't say, you know, like we, we got hair salons from the gate, you yeah, know, growing true. up women, single mom, some of them, you know, having it, you know, being, having a hair salon, um, all of us have a relative or a neighbor or someone who had that. And, you know, it's the, the end of it all is being an entrepreneur and having their own business. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I started I didn't think of myself like as an entrepreneur until like recently. I'm like, oh, I guess I am. But um, I feel like the biggest thing is, um, you know, you just have to you just have to put in the work, honestly. Like you have to also constantly evolve, you know, like adjust to the thing to the times that we're in, you know, like Mm -hmm. really allow yourself to grow with the new ways of um of how things are. So like social media, it's a big thing now, you know, use it for your advantage. Oh my gosh. Social media is everything. You can connect with so many people. So definitely use it to your advantage, especially right now, you know, because a lot of us are not going out like we used to. So social media is a great way to have visibility and to also connect with people that you probably wouldn't connect with. Yeah. Yeah, I love your videos. Yeah, they're really Thank great. You. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're so cute and they're so informative. So, yeah. you know, everybody, we got to get your handle so everyone yeah. can follow. Yeah, what your are your great handles? Tips. How could everyone how could everyone find you, Yesenia? Yeah, yeah and your so salon, how can they go? At thetexturologist.com. Okay. Or they can visit my website, The Texturologist. Wait, no. So on Instagram <laughs> is the texturologist and my website is the texturologist.com. Great. Same awesome. Thing. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get an appointment. I will. <laughs> yeah. Now that I know, Please. I know the trick. Don't worry. I'm going to do it before we hear this. <laughs> so everyone else doesn't know my secret. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But I can't wait to sit in your chair with a mask and catch up with you in the near future. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. 
Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. And let me tell you, it's so different being on the other side, you know? So I was like a little nervous. Oh, girl, you are awesome. (laughs) Cause I'm always doing the, you know, the questioning, asking questions, but it's nice to be able to, to share, to share a little bit of my story and to talk with you ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. We were, I I, I mean, I know she was talking about you from the jump when we were like, if we talk about here, we got to get you said. So I'm, I'm, and then I got obsessed with you and I was pissed that I couldn't get an appointment, but it's okay. Well, I'll be trying for you. Keep trying. No, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And I think, I mean, even when we, when I tell everybody that we're having a hair, you know, topic, everyone's so excited about it. You know, because it's such, it's a big issue (laughs) and especially coming from it, from a place of love and compassion, you know, and embracing our curls, which means embracing ourselves. Yeah. You know, so beautiful. You are beautiful with whatever curl type you have, whether it's a four, a three, whatever, whatever you consider yourself. And this is for the listeners. Like you are beautiful. Mm -hmm whichever type you have so thank you so much thank you so much again thank you thank you thank you it was such a pleasure thank you we'll see you soon see you soon great rest of the sunday you You too too. Bye. bye so dope yeah oh my god i love her yeah this has been oh that was so cool you know what rocio that was really healing that was really healing like she is so dope. I can't wait for you to be in her chair for real. I can't wait. It really either. is a very safe place. Yeah, to be. and it's nice to feel safe when you're getting your hair done. And this is like an experience I personally think for every woman, yeah. even men out there. Yeah, you know, like that relationship that men have with like their barber or their hairstyle. There's oh, there's yeah. relationships there. Yeah, and that's you, true. And there's trust there. Like yeah, and I mean, and what I love about her is that she's all about like embracing your own hair, your yeah. own texture, and making your hair be as healthy as it can be mm-hmm. you know it's not about my hair looking like someone else's yeah. it's about my own care of my hair you know what i mean yeah i love that when she said you know don't think oh i want my hair to look like that yeah because it never will it's just i mean her be. hair is pretty dope i will say yeah. i mean <laughs> that volume and texture is pretty fire um and it is something to aspire to but it's about aspiring to your own level of you know hair care and health yeah and like listeners let us know what's your favorite hair product you know our hair gets used to whatever product you're using sometimes and you have to change it up so let us know what are you liking these days what are you not liking how has your hair journey been yes everyone tell us on instagram our ig is rocio and mercedes our twitter is rnm podcast and our website is rocioandmercedes.com our email is rocioandmercedes at gmail.com yes follow us follow us and listeners we will see you soon bye bye peace out